to know thyself. The Greeks always preach that. And that's what my book helps the reader to do because it allows you to establish an identity foreign to your normalcy. And again, it's all about building practices and staying disciplined as you build these new practices because life is hard enough and we as individuals have to find the best way to simplify life for ourselves. Welcome to the Daily Authors Podcast, a daily podcast all about books and the authors who gave them life. Each episode, your host interviews a new brilliant author as they reveal inside information about their incredible books and inspiring lives. Now, here's your host, Aaron Gendel. Hey there, Aaron Gendel here. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. You know, it means so much to me, so thank you so, so much. Now, if you're an author or podcaster like me, then you know how important but challenging it can be to get reviews and promote our books and shows. And because of this, I've developed a platform called Review Karma to solve this exact problem. So check it out. You can get all the details and sign up for a free trial at getreviewkarma.com. Now enjoy the show. All right. Thank you so much, Emmanuel Thomas, for joining me on the Daily Authors Podcast. So excited today to talk to you about your book, The Power of Thinking Inside the Box universal keys and principles that will unlock the power of your subconscious mind. Well, thanks again, Emmanuel, for joining me on the show. And thank you, Aaron, for having me. It's definitely uh, an honor and uh, truly blessed to be a guest. Awesome. Well, before we dive into your book, Emmanuel, if you wouldn't mind just letting the listeners in on your life, if you just tell us a little bit more about your work and what you're up to right now. Indeed, indeed. A uh, 33-year-old young man who has dreams and audacious goals and uh, originally born in Akron, Ohio, grew up in South Carolina. Most recently, I relocated out here to Los Angeles to continue to follow my dreams. And my purpose on earth is to help others find their purpose. So just being a vessel and really living that notion versus it being a cliche is what I thrive on. So, you know, just like everyone else, you know, taking it one day at a time, you know, doing something meaningful in terms of the value that you know, I like to add to not only my community, but ultimately the world. And I'm just doing my part. You know, I'm not looking for any handouts. I'm not looking for anything that will, you know, seem as a crutch in terms of help. I'm all for putting in the work because you can't exclude that part of it. And I know, you know, when things begin to manifest how I foresee in my mind's eye, I can look back and say, if I did get the help down the road, in which I'm sure I will, because you know, no one can do anything alone. Human capital is the greatest asset. I can at least say, I know I put in my work first. Awesome. Well, good stuff, Emmanuel. I wondered if you could just then uh, give us a little bit more about your book and what inspired you to write it. Maybe give us that high level overview of the book. Maybe talk about the title of it. Yeah, yeah. So the power of thinking inside the box. I really, you know, appreciated the fact that people were very receptive to that title because obviously you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum, it's being told, think outside the box. And the reason I titled it that way is because everything we need is already fostered inside of us. The title is a great reference or more so an analogy when I put it this way. When you're moving to a new home from one home, everything that's important, valuable to you, you put it inside that box. And that box doesn't care what you put inside of it. The only thing that box is going to do is house foster and carry your belongings to the next destination. And I look at the subconscious mind the same as a box. 
because it's not going to argue with you. It's not going to debate. It's not going to give you pushback in terms of what you put inside that box. It's just going to wrap its arms around it, foster, and take it wherever you go. So again, the, re- the resources, we already have them. You obviously gain more knowledge, insight, intellect, you know, within your respective space as you continue to be a reacher, you know, a learner, a seeker. But at the end of the day, information has no utility if you can't use it in a pragmatic way. So the power of thinking inside the box, it comes from that because the subconscious mind, it really is that. It's the box that holds everything that you put inside of it. And I got a lot of great feedback prior to me writing the book. And the book is my modern day version of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Very suggestive, not telling you what to do by any means. And everything within the book from chapters to sub chapters, again, it's very applicable to anyone because it's giving surface level overviews of the little things that we take for granted in terms of, you know, establishing a morning ritual. That's very important because how you start your day, that is typically how your day is going to flow. You know, learning how to be responsive versus reactive because life is going to happen as it happens to all of us. But versus reacting, again, when you learn yourself, you understand your temperament. You can assess, digest, and respond versus being impulsive and reacting and making a permanent decision based on, you know, a temporary circumstance. So, again, the book is, it's a great read. And I say that unbiasedly because I know what I put into the work. I know the research I did behind it. And I've had a number of people come back to me and tell me that they've already read it twice and they use information that I put in my book in their personal life and professional. So, you know, just blessed to give my perspective and people be receptive to it. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like a great read. I was wondering if you might be able to jump into a specific section or chapter of the book. You think that maybe you've gotten some feedback from the readers and, you know, something that's uh, stood out time and again, or something that maybe you feel will help the listeners today? Absolutely. Go to where the people are. And that's one of my favorite subchapters within the book, because it's really as simple as that. You can have all of the resources in the world, but if you're not in the right soil, in a sense, you won't be able to blossom to capacity because you can always, you know, blossom where you're planted. But sometimes you have to go to where the people are, more so the people who are doing what you want to do at the level in which you want to do it. I've always known that uh, Kevin Sistrom highlighted that greatly in one of his interviews. And I've referenced him in that particular chapter because it's like someone on the East Coast who wants to be in the best film schools. You can do that in numerous places within the country. But if you really want to get into that ecosystem and learn the ins and out, how to really build rapport, how to establish those behind the scene insights, I would recommend that you go to LA, you go to the West Coast, because that's where it's been highly noted, you know, in a dominant standpoint for X amount of years. And it can be something as simple as farming. Let's say if you grew up in Manhattan, New York, there's no farming typically in Manhattan, New York. So you would need to go to where the people are, somewhere that's going to provide more more fertile soil, you know, someone who can educate you on food justice, you know, food insecurity, et cetera, et cetera. You can learn all these things 
wherever you are, but sometimes you have to go to where the people are because it's always going to be people that give you what you need, whether it be, you know, funding, whether it be another hand to shake, whether it be a book, you know, you just have to do that because you just have to plant yourself in the right soil. And I'm just a firm believer of that. That's why I left the East Coast and came to LA because it forwarded me the best opportunity to not only, you know, further my career as a keynote speaker, but I've just established great relationships with a few individuals out here and they wouldn't have been what they are had I not came out because we had great dialogue across the country, but it's different when you're actually with those people surrounded in that ecosystem. You learn how to maneuver through it. You learn the, the headaches of it, you know, the highlights of it. So, because we're always learning and life is ever evolving. So we have to be also. I love that, Emmanuel. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I can think of a lot of examples. Like it feels like if you were going to be in the movie industry or if you were going to going to uh, be into music, maybe you head to Nashville, right? Does, is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Well, if you could just sum up the book for us, Emmanuel, if you could just really boil it down to that one thing you were hoping that the readers or listeners could take away from your book, what would you say that would be? Summing it up in a simplistic way, it would be to know thyself. The Greeks always preach that. And that's what my book helps the reader to do because it allows you to, uh, to establish an identity foreign to your normalcy. And again, it's all about building practices and staying disciplined as you build these new practices because life is hard enough and we as individuals have to find the best way to simplify life for ourselves because most people feel lost because they lack aim, they lack targets, they lack how to really become a strategist when it comes to their own life, when it comes to their day-to-day. Because people think you have to build Rome in one day. No, that's not how it goes. You chip away at it daily. And as long as you build healthy disciplines day-to-day, um, -day, even on your off days, once you build that discipline, when you don't, don't even feel like you're being disciplined, you are because your heart wiring you're rewiring yourself in a sense, you know, creating new neurons, expanding brain plasticity, et cetera. So that's really the premise. My book is to help you learn yourself your way by learning from my examples, learning from my hardships, by learning from my triumphs. And again, just making my book yours in hopes that one day, you know, you'll write your own book because I feel everyone has bare minimum one book in them. I don't care if you're 15, 35, 65. If you're 15, that's 15 years of experience that someone can learn from if you write it down, if you notate it, document it, and make it, you know, understandable and you articulate your perspective and your, and your viewpoint to where it can be perceived. So again, like never be too old to learn and you're never too learn, too young to teach. And you know, I, I really believe that. Uh, wonderful, man. I couldn't agree with you more on all of what you just said. And uh, again, yeah, congrats on your book and thank you for sharing it on the show today. I'm sure it's helping a lot of people and will continue to do so. What I love about books, the power of books, they, they live on, right? Absolutely. They live beyond us. And that's the beauty of concepts and our precepts. Um, and that's the goal. The goal isn't to be famous. You know, fame is a consequence of becoming impactful and you can be impactful negatively or positively. The goal is to be influential in a positive way because that's the greatest reward to know that you are changing someone's life by how they trust you with the information 
in which you give them. So, you know, that's what keeps me going. That's why I don't fear death because it's inevitable to escape first and foremost. So why not live a life of purpose while I have the chance to versus fearing leaving here? Because I know when I do leave, you know, I hope that's many, many years from now, I know my concepts will live beyond me. My book, my tech startup that I'm working on now, you know, my articles that I've written for, for Medium, for Thought Catalog, et cetera, things like that. They live beyond you. And that's what it's about. Absolutely. Emmanuel, thank you for sharing all that. Well, let's dive a little bit more into your life and wondered if you might share a bit of, more about your influences and who's helped shape you to be who you are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, my life, I'm an open book. I always have been. And I tip my hat to myself in that regard, because when you show people who you are, they believe you. And I try to take the assumption factor out of everything that I do when people make their judgments or, you know, or how they perceive me. I want to show people this is who I am. This is who I've been. The same guy who I am now at 33, I've been the same guy since I was 10 years old. My morals, my values, my ethics, they've never changed. I've just grown. I've grown into this man who I've always been. And I love that because people think you have to become someone, but you don't. Who you see yourself as in your mind's eye, you're already that person. You just grow into that person every day. And there have been so many people that have influenced me, man. Again, Napoleon Hill, Chris Gardner from The Pursuit of Happiness, obviously, Tony Robbins. There are just so many. But if I had to keynote on anyone in particular, it would probably be Steve Harvey because he and I share a very similar story. We came from families to where people like he and I, we weren't bred that way. We shaped ourselves, again, due to the hardships, due to the, you know, radical belief that I can be more outside of what my environment is making me out to be. And again, his pain is what really resonates with me because people often forget that pain is a universal language and we all speak it fluently. So it's the question of how do you turn that pain into something positive? It's like shooting film, turn the negatives into a positive. So I, th I thank him, my, my mother, I've had friends, I've had extensive mentors, you know, it's, it's really everyone. I'm, I am a summation of everyone that I've come in contact with because I learn from everyone as we all should. So um, that's why when I speak with my mentees, you know, former clients, I just give them me and I don't impose my perspective or my will on anyone because you have to allow people to, again, be themselves as they interpret what you say and as they interpret who you are. And because it's all about being relatable, believable, incredible. You can easily be two of the three, but once you are those three, you become undeniable. It's like me giving someone advice on foreclosure when I've never had a house or a home foreclosed on. I can give great information that's, that's valid based on resources I've pulled from books I've learned from. But if I don't know what foreclosure feels like and that heartbreak and the headache that comes with that, how credible is my perspective in terms of what I'm giving them? So the goal is to be all three. And when you're all three within your respective space, that's when you become, again, undeniable because you know you and you know what you give people. Uh, well said, Emmanuel. Thank you so much for sharing those influences with us today. 
in that same vein, I know you mentioned some some incredible people and authors as well, but are there any favorite books maybe that have inspired you through your journey of life? Oh, yeah, yeah, many. And that's, that's the beauty of becoming a voracious reader. You just want to get your hands on every book that you can. Top five books for me that helped me in this four or five year journey of personal development and self-improvement. Definitely Incognito by David Eagleman because of how beautifully executed the read was. With the book having so much gravity and substance, David Eagleman really put it in terms to where a five-year-old can understand it. And I've always been one who has loved the mind, the brain, whether it be epigenetics, neuroscience, neuropsychology, you know, et cetera, mindfulness. It all starts with the brain because people forget that chronic illnesses, something as simple as those, they all start in the mind. And the body is just an instrument and it follows suit with what the mind does. You know, you know, biochemistry gets off kilter just based on how you think alone. And he really embodied that in that book. So that would be top, top of the list. Second favorite, I would have to say, would be maybe Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning because of his ability to disassociate himself from his experience as he was going through those moments of the Holocaust. So I definitely would recommend that book. Another good read I would recommend is Claude Bristol's The Magic of Belief, because again, it's all about sharing stories that make sense to you. And again, the beauty of a good read is with it embodying so much information to where you can digest it at your speed, at your pace, and you can use what you need. Because most people think you have to read a book in its entirety, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you just need to pull from what you need. Number four in my list of five would be, I like Malcolm Gladwell. I'm actually reading Blink Now and Outliers was very good because I loved his approach in terms of self-identity. So Outliers would definitely be number four. And number five, I would probably have to say Ray Dalio's Principles. And it's a very, very heavy read, biblical in a sense, very, very heavy read. So I couldn't read it all in one sitting. I had to just read, you know, digest, come back to. But that was very well executed because it's literally that Ray Dalio gave a breakdown of everything that he went through, good and bad, that made him the multi-billionaire that he is now, you know, over Bridgewater. So again, you learn from everyone and you make sense of what you need. So those would be my top five. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. What about a favorite quote? Anything that inspired you often? Favorite quotes would definitely be one of mine. You pour into people and life pours into you because that's very true. And quotables from external influencers, a lot of the records in the Bible, they really resonate with me and this isn't to get spiritual or religious, but you know, people think they're just verses, but no, they're records. And once you learn how to tap into those records in particular, you again, you begin to understand your power because there is life and death in the tongue and people take that for granted. So um, it would, a lot of it would stem from the Bible because, you know, most self-help books, you know, it's really based on a lot of the records in the Bible for the most part. And again, that's my opinion, but, you know, it's something as simple as 
the Bible being very hard to read and understand, especially the King James Version. But again, that's what it's about, taking information, making it simplistic, making it digestible for the reader. And my book wasn't based on spirituality or religion. But again, I give my belief in the book and I don't impose my belief on any reader. And I think that's one reason that many have been so receptive to it, because my book can land in any country or continent and not step on anyone's toes and they can still pull from my read. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that quote, Emmanuel. I really appreciate, yeah, inspiring us with it today. Thank you. Um, Well, let's just dive into your experience in the book writing process and just curious to know if you had any words of encouragement. I know you spoke a bit about everybody's having a story to share and loved that and wondered if there were, I guess, anything that's really helped you share your story. What do you feel like that's helped you through the book writing process the most? Any tips or tricks for the listeners today? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Again, everyone is an author. So again, I feel that everyone, before they write the book, the book should already be complete. So the ideas that you begin to fragment, those are the only things that begin to come into conception. But the book itself, it needs to already be complete, even if you don't have an outline, even if you don't have it written down, even if you haven't started yet. Because one thing about giving your time, patience, and your attention to a book, it's really like birthing a child. So you really have to understand the gravity of a statement, you know, as such, because that book is a mirror of who you are. So if you can't commit to really, you know, embracing the process of writing a book, whether it be 300 pages or whether it be 20 pages, you shouldn't start. Because once you start, you don't want to be the same person who started the book. Once you start your book, the hand that writes that book, that the hand of that person should be a different person. And understanding, again, your space, you know, understanding what's working well within your specific genre. Um, understanding, do you want to go self-publishing? Do you want to go a hybrid publisher? Do you want to go the route of seeking a traditional publisher? I did research on all, and I was fortunate enough to have roughly eight hybrid publishers to extend me contracts. But I always felt that my book was, you know, well executed enough to be picked up by a HarperCollins, a Simon Schuster, a Penguin Random House, et cetera. The bad thing about that is once you self-publish a book, despite the units that you sell, traditional publishers, unless your numbers are just so undeniable, they're not going to want to put their hands on that. So if you feel that you have something that is worthy of that traditional publisher, that commercialized publisher, definitely seek an agent. Do your research on that. There are plenty of free resources and tools on the internet to help you narrow down agents, how to articulate your outreach message to those agents, you know, how to make it so appetizing to where they want to know more about the book before they even get the email. You know, little things like that. Find your writing style you know, the books in which you enjoy, see if that writing style may work best for you and you tweak it and make it yours because that's the beauty of all things birth. Nothing is new. Even if it's a new idea, it always and always will stem from something else. And that something else may not have been out and about. Your idea may have allowed it to flourish, but everything comes from everything. So just understand who you are as a writer, understand 
your voice as an author and understand your audience, understand how you want to communicate to your audience, you know, vicariously through your book, because your readers should always hear your voice, even if they've never met you. And the same voice that they receive in your book, there needs to be a consistency in terms of that voice when you are a public figure and now you're out and about in the public, when you're on your Instagram, when you're in LinkedIn, you know, when you're putting yourself out there because, you know, most people don't like fluctuations when it comes to character or um, tone, you know. So, you know, just understanding who you are and staying true. And when you do that, it's never a facade because you're always going to be the same regardless of what room you step into. So, yeah, just do your research before you start and you'll be fine. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your experience through that book writing process and what's helped you. I just want to thank you again for being on the show. And so if there's, you know, if there's anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners today, feel free to do so, Emmanuel. And I just also make sure that they know where to connect with you online. Absolutely. Um, most important thing out of, all of our, out of all that I've said to anyone who's listening, anyone who's following, following Aaron's lead is to just know that, know that you're enough and you don't have to be perfect to do what you want to do because you never will be. So understanding that you don't have to apply that pressure on yourself, that will allow you to maneuver through life a lot easier. And and again, just take ownership of your life. We see many influencers, many celebrities, and they're just like us. They just had their own journey and they made their journey visible to where others helped them get to where they are. And that's why, you know, I say life isn't hard. It's not going to be easy, but it's not hard. Once you understand and learn who you are, you, le- you, you understand how to become a strategist when it comes to yourself and just believe. You have to always believe. I don't care what your subject matter is. I don't care if you came from a wealthy family, a poor community. That really means nothing because that doesn't define you. You define you as a person. And when you show people who you are, they're going to believe you. So, um, yeah, always believe in yourself. A right, wonderful message. Well, where can the listeners connect with you online, Emmanuel? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Emmanuel uh, D. Thomas. You can find me on Instagram. It's E.T. The Motivator. And you can find me on Facebook, Emmanuel Thomas. My personal website is Empower Site, and that's Empower, and Site is spelled S-I-G-H-T. So EmpowerSite.com, you can get a better understanding of who I am as a person. I elaborate more as a keynote speaker. Um, I've spoken for TEDx and Gunn High School in Palo Alto. I had a few scheduled events. You know, unfortunately, COVID-19 came and just stifled life and stifled movement for all of us, but, you know you adapt and overcome. And I love to connect with anyone who's interested in learning more about me. If there's any way I can help you throughout these, you know, unprecedented times, I'm all for that. And, you know, I'm just here to help. So if I can be a resource, please contact with me and connect with me and uh, we can go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emmanuel. I appreciate your time and, you know, all that you're doing and continue to do for others. Uh, It's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. It's been an absolute pleasure, Aaron. And, Again, thank you for what you're doing, giving people like me a chance to give to those that we may not even know who need it. So um, 
I really tip my hat to you, Aaron, because you're doing amazing things. And thank you for allowing me to follow your work. And I definitely look forward to uh, learning more about you and establishing a great rapport with you also. Oh, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. Be sure to visit dailyauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content.